So when we think of creatives, you know, creative people in general, we tend to think of people in the media space, people in the arts and the entertainment industry, you know, people killing it on social media, you know, all those people that our parents used to say they could never know maths until they became the billionaires of our time. But we fail to realize that, you know, that report you're going to submit on Monday morning, that business plan, you know, that pitch deck or even that teaching activity, these things are outlets for your creativity. All these things require some sort of creative input on your part, meaning that at some point, you might have experienced what I'm going to be talking about on today's episode. You might have experienced what is called creative anxiety. And I'm going to be sharing my two cents about it on today's episode. So strap on your seatbelts. And as you have guessed, I'm the only one here today. So get out your notebooks because you're going to learn. It's not going to be vibes today, I think. Then again, whatever you hear on this podcast, whatever you hear in this episode, if you decide to apply it in your life, know that you are doing it at your own discretion. Apply with wisdom, okay? So that they will not come and say, it's one guy that was telling you something on one podcast that decided to spoil your life. I will not be responsible for the consequences of your actions, okay? <laughs> now that that has been said, let us get into the episode. Welcome back to the show guys. So the other day I was reading something and this person was trying to differentiate between you know between fear and anxiety. So what the person was saying is that you know fear is as a result of something real, something tangible, but anxiety is something you know fictional, something in your mind. And I'm like, bro, don't even try to like differentiate it. Fine, there might be a difference, but like what separates it is a very thin line. Personally, I just feel like it's semantics. Because, okay, so research shows that one of the common um, phobias is the fear of public speaking. Like it's even much more than the fear of heights, than the fear of water, than the fear of insects, even the fear of death. Meaning that some people would rather die than be caught, you know, <laughs> engaging in public speaking. Do you get? And if you think about it very well, this thing is innate. The real problem is not the people sitting down there watching you speak publicly. The real problem is from something deep within you. Do you get? And that is where creative anxiety comes in. Now you might be wondering, what is creative anxiety? Well, I do not have a particular definition to creative anxiety. But then, if you've asked yourself any of these questions, like, am I good enough? Is what, like, what I'm doing right here, is it, does it make any sense? Like, have people done this before? Is this an original idea? Would people accept this? Would people, you know, like this and all that? If you've asked yourself any variation of these questions before, you have experienced some sort of creative anxiety. Now, it might not be as strong as some other people, but then it's still valid. So when I was thinking about this episode, you know, when I was just, you know, wondering how or what triggers creative anxiety, what causes it and all that, I just came to the conclusion that, you know, creative anxiety could stem from two quote-unquote fears. One is the fear of success and the other is the fear of failure. Let me start with the former, right? The fear of success. Now, you probably don't know me. You haven't seen my face on billboards. You haven't heard my name being screamed in a crowd or something. I don't know. Some sort of fantasy like that. Meaning that I'm not famous, do you get? Meaning that I've not achieved wild success. Meaning that, you know, I might not have so much to say about this. But then, you know, while thinking about it, I just felt like the reason why a lot of people, um, get anxiety from the fear of success is because they fear losing themselves 
Like I said, I don't know so much about this. I guess if we really need to know what the fear of success entails, we might have to contact Beyonce. And let's be honest, success actually does change you. I mean, you might be rowing with a new set of friends, you might be driving a better car, living in a better house, you know, eating caviar or something. But at the end of the day, when people talk about losing themselves, I feel like what they're really scared of is them losing the values that they've had or the things they held in high esteem. But like, it takes being deliberate to not lose your values. It takes being deliberate to, you know, achieve wild success and still, you know, cherish the relationships you cherished, honor the things you honored, value the things you valued. Do you understand? So I just feel like in that situation, it's just a matter of being deliberate, you get. But then, like I said, I don't know. So <laughs> peace to everybody. Now, on the other hand, you know, the fear of failure. To be honest, most newbies are the ones that experience this fear. But I mean, even some bosses experience this also. So I remember checking my IG stories a few days back and I saw one of my friends. Uh, she's a social media manager and she's a boss. Like, she's a boss. So um, I remember she posted about how she had a pitch deck to deliver, but then things were happening and she just felt like, you know, she was going to ruin the presentation. But at the end of the day, the presentation turned out great. It turned out all right. So what I want to point out is that she also had that fear of failure, even though she's a boss and she, you know, she's amazing at what she does. You get bringing it back to the newbies now. Chances are, you know, if you're new in an industry, you would be overwhelmed by the amount of amazing things that people are doing in that industry. Do you get so you enter an industry and you're like, oh my God, look at these people doing amazing things here. Like, yeesh, would there be space for me? Like, would there be space for me to, you know, thrive in this industry because it feels like it's already saturated or something, you know, basically all those questions that I highlighted earlier in this episode, they now start flooding the person's mind. The reason why these questions will pop up in your mind, the reason why you might be expressing, you know, the fear of success or the fear of failure is because you're actually putting yourself out there. You know, you're actually putting your creative side out there. The life of creativity is actually a life of bravery, honestly, because like you have to be brave to, you know, be able to thrust yourself into that, um, you know, into people's faces, basically. But you get, you know, that um, uncertainty that comes with people judging your work and you not knowing whether they would like it or whether they would hate it, you know, that uncertainty is what might cause those fears and those fears lead to, you know, creative anxiety. But here are just a few things I came up with that I feel like, you know, can help manage creative anxiety well, like just a few mindsets and probably some tips and tricks to help you um, on this creative journey. So let's get into it. So the first thing we all need to realize is that Creative anxiety is actually part of the process. You really can't avoid it because, you know, there will always be something else to add to your work that will make you feel more confident in your work. There will always be something, you know, that you notice that you could have done better. There will always be, I mean, there could be loopholes, actual loopholes in your work that, you know, it was after you were done or something that you noticed it and you're like, oh my goodness, I really hope nobody notices that. Or I really hope, you know, everything still turns out amazing despite, you know, these errors or these faults so there will always be these things the fact that these things are there would always cause some sort of creative anxiety so yes understand that it is part of the process you will experience it so don't really run from it and this you know is a wonderful intro to what i'm about to say next go for done and not perfect okay so i would 
use myself as an example. I remember when I wanted to start this podcast, right? I recorded it a number of times because I wanted to get, you know, perfection. I wanted to get the best sound quality. I wanted my content to be on point. I mean, the episode still turned out to be shite, but, you know, because I was aiming for perfection, I didn't, you know, drop that episode up until I was just like, you know what? I'm done with this episode. Let me just drop this thing. Let me just, I mean, I think I said this in episode two, but then you get, I will always use that as my reference because that, you know, revealed to me that perfectionism hinders creativity. Because if you want to get everything on a log, if you want to, you know, get everything right, you will take a lot of time to get one work done. And chances are, you will never get it perfectly, do you get? But let's even say you get it perfectly. The time you used to get that perfect job done, you would have used it to, you know, pull out like five other amazing works, do you get? So like, why waste time on trying to get one perfectly done when you can, you know, do a lot more? And the thing we need to realize is that, you know, creativity actually improves with use. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say, but like the more you express your creativity, the better you get at it. So like if you're aiming for perfection, I mean, you'll just waste a whole lot of time that you could have used to learn, that you could have used to, you know, receive feedback from people, constructive feedback that would help you, you know, get better on the next job. But then, but then, but then, we can't deny that, you know, there are people in this creative industry that are perfectionists, right? And they get the job done on time, you know, everything is on a lock, like bam, bam, bam. Honestly, those people, I would love to term them, you know, the geniuses of the creative industry because they've hacked the process. But if you think about it very well, these people built it over time. Just like I said, creativity gets better with use. So for the newbie, you know, coming into the industry for the first time or something, or, you know, just attempting a task for the first time, when you come in contact with these perfect works, you know, you might tend to feel some sort of way but like, know that these things came with practice. Get just done. Express your creativity. You know, like I said, it gets better with time. You get it? You don't get it? Forget it. So I'm currently reading Atomic Habits by James Clare. And in the book, there was a tip he gave on how to identify, you know, negative habits. He calls it like the pointing and calling method. But like for the purpose of this podcast, I would call it, you know, acknowledging your anxiety. But really... The whole thing is uh, kind of like a counterintuitive process. Like you wouldn't expect that it works, but it actually does work because, you know, it helps you identify where these things are coming from and if they are valid enough for you to act on them or, you know, throw them in the garbage. The idea behind it basically is, you know, you either saying out the reason why you're feeling a certain way or the reason why you want to do a certain thing you get or writing it down or something, just like bringing it to life. I don't know if that makes sense to you. So I don't know if this has happened to you guys before, but like I talk to myself sometimes. Yeah, call me crazy or whatever. And when I, you know, say some things to myself, I just think of it and I'm like, yes, bro, that was actually quite stupid. Do you get? So like that is the idea behind, you know, acknowledging anxiety. Okay, let me give an example. You're like, I'm afraid that nobody's going to, respond positively to this work that i just put out then you question yourself you're like okay why do i feel this way why do i feel like nobody will respond positively to this work that i put out the answer could be um because i feel like i didn't do enough for people to like this and if you think about it saying that out loud already shows how stupid that is 
and you should pack that idea and that thought process up and throw it in the trash. But on the other hand, if your you know, creative anxiety is stemming from you being actually underprepared, like you've done this pointing and calling process, you've acknowledged your anxiety, you've like, you know, thought about the root cause of why you are feeling this way, and you've discovered that, you know, it's because you didn't do your research well or like you failed to do certain very important things, then you know that, okay, well, for a next time, I would improve. For a next time, I would do better. So like I said, it's a counterintuitive process because if you think about it, you know, the word anxiety already comes with like a negative connotation, right? So you want to avoid anything that has to do with it. You want to shut it out. You want to, you know, like just put it as far away from you as possible. But when you acknowledge it, you know, when you sit down and actually think about why you're feeling those things or why you're feeling a certain way, you can, you know, get to the root cause of it and deal with the problem identify if it's something that you need to work on if it's something you need to improve on or throw it in the trash simple and finally the last thing i want to highlight is that you know creativity is subjective one thing might appeal to one person and you know that same thing might not appeal to another person this reminds me of one of the stories i read in um, david and goliath by malcolm glado yes i love malcolm glado and i feel so smart right now oh my god <laughs> so yes it was about the impressionists right and these guys, um, I would like to think of them as rebel artists because what they did or their works of art wasn't necessarily the conventional art. So a lot of people rejected them and there was something called the salon back then. I would call it like a museum or like, a, or like an art gallery or something. So but like getting their works or getting a work of art into the salon was like, you know, being recognized at the Grammys or something. I don't know, something like that, you get so these guys, you know, did their unconventional art and tried as much as possible to get it into the salon. But, you know, they were constantly getting rejected because, like I said, it was unconventional. So people were like, what are you doing, guys? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they didn't say it like that. But then, um, and even when, you know, they got their artworks into the salon, right, it was placed in places where people would not even really notice their artwork. So it was kind of, it was quite frustrating for them. But these guys knew that what they were doing was genius. Now, I don't want to give the whole believe and you will achieve, um, aspire to perspire with the buyer of Nanaya, Chananaya. <laughs> I'm sorry if your name is Chananaya. But then, do you get, like, I don't want to give that whole speech, but ultimately, eh, you know why you're doing what you're doing. You know the motives behind your art. You understand? But let me bring this together. What these guys did was that, you know, they consulted with people that they trusted right? Which was each other. And I know, yes, you might be thinking that, okay, should I, so should I consult myself? I mean, <laughs> apply with wisdom, okay. But then, but then, these guys consulted with each other and they came to the conclusion that their works will actually not be recognized by the public because it's not conventional, you get. So what they did was that they opened their own gallery and displayed their works themselves. Like they organized private, like a private show for themselves. And they received a whole lot more reception than they could have done or that they could have garnered at the salon. G gets and this launched their careers, you know, it pretty much shot them into the spotlights or into the limelight or the lights or everything. So what lesson am I trying to bring out here? You know, seek expert advice from people that can give you honest and you know objective feedback on your work. 
people that can help you, you know, identify whether you are about to embarrass yourself and your generations, bring shame and dishonor to your ancestors, you know, or if you are actually doing something really amazing and you should keep at it. Do you get? Seek people that can give you honest opinions, people that can remind you of the reasons why you went into what you are doing in the first place. Because, fine, there are times when, you know, this anxiety can actually be a bit overwhelming and it can cloud your judgment, you know. But like these people would help you, you know, would remind you of why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. Because to be honest, though, now I'm talking to or about, you know, those in the actual like creative industry. A lot of times, the reasons why people do what they do is not because they want like public appraisal or, you know, likes. They do it because they love what they do and they enjoy what they do. Fine, the likes and everything comes um, with it. But that's not the major reason why they went into it in the first place. You get so when creative anxiety comes, you know, reminding yourself of the reason why you went into doing what you're doing, you know, of your goals basically, you know, it helps you identify what works for you, just like the impressionist, right? And what doesn't work or what won't work for you, you get it helps you identify those things and it helps you or it positions you in a better place to achieve greatness. Do you understand? And now I feel like a life coach. Oh my god. <laughs> So yeah, that's it guys. Um, those are my two cents on, you know, handling slash managing creative anxiety. So to wrap this up, I'll be leaving you guys with something that the author of Eat, Pray and Love wrote or said, I think. But then he was like, the creative path is a path for the brave, right? And if we learn to deal with these feelings of fear, you will be surprised or we will be surprised by what we can achieve. And with that, guys, we have come to the end of episode four of these casual conversations. Yes, guys. So you know what to do. Do the needful. Subscribe to, you know, our YouTube channel. I don't think there'll be a video for this episode, but still subscribe to our YouTube channel. At, you know, you can search for it at Tease Casual Conversations. You know, follow us on Instagram. Keep the conversation going at TCC Pod. And, uh, you know, leave a rating, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, let us hear from you. And if there's anything that you feel can help, you know, we creatives and any other person out there based on what we just discussed today, feel free to share and uh, we're going to have a swell time. All right, guys. So till the next one, stay safe, be well, get your PVCs and we'll all do great. All right, guys. Bye.